It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. Gorsh. Mick. <laughs> I oh got a heroin needle with your name on it, Mick. Smoke the weed. Go down. down. Huh? I, I don't think you should smoke some weed. Huh? Huh? I don't think you should smoke any weed ever. Imagine Donald is just he. All right, scene. Enter. Title card, 1942, or actually 1945. N Donald, Goofy, Mickey, and Sora are on the beaches of Normandy, and <laughs> D-Day is happening around them. There's... <laughs> All of a sudden, Goofy is like, Mick, we gotta get out of here. We signed up for more than we can take. <laughs> and Mickey says, Goofy, <laughs> if I die... You have to fuck my wife, Goofy. <laughs> Don't let my genetic material go to waste. <laughs> and then, bomb goes off. <laughs> Donald is hit by shrapnel. Donald. His guts are just pouring all over the place like that scene in Saving Private Ryan. He's crying out. Sora rushes to Donald's side and says, Donald, no! Who else will I have ice cream with? And then <laughs> the camera pans up and reveals Xehanort chucking bombs <laughs> from the turrets. And he's got a big German cross on him. And then... <laughs> oh, alright, Michael, start this fucking podcast. Alright, uh, greetings and welcome back, gentles and ladies, <laughs> to another exciting podcast here on the Unverse Cast. Um, last time we talked about the Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the Legend today of Zelda. We're talking about Disney's Extreme Skate Park. We're going to be talking about um, the Legend of Zelda: I like that one a The lot. Wind Waker. But before <laughs> we do. No. Before, Before we, do, we do, Michael no. wants to say that I, Majora's I Mask will be I'm out sorry when for it's out. Hadox, and that's it. Okay. Well, let's get started. Wow, I didn't actually expect a, a formal apology here. Um, if we're extending the olive branch, I guess I want to say, you know, Michael, you've been a true friend. Uh, we've been through a lot, you know. Uh, it's just. I'm excited to go on this mission with you. I'm excited to talk about the Wind Waker with you today. I'm really excited. Okay. <laughs> of course, we can do a fan fiction if you really want to, Ryan. No! No. 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 Uh, no. Christ on a cross. All right. What, where else would Christ be? In a grave. Alive. <laughs> in a grave? No. Yikes. 
No, because he escaped the grave and he Christ to has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Nailed it. Christ oh, shit. That's, has that's died. Oh, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. All right. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I went to a cult Bible camp? <laughs> did I ever tell you that? No. No. <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> when I was younger, for summer camp, my mom thought it would be a good idea to sign me up for this, uh, this, like, Bible camp that you go out in the middle of the woods and, um, I don't know, you just learn about Jesus for an entire week without your parents or any cell phone access. So, you know, I was taken there as a kid. <laughs> I, like, I was taken there, yeah, I didn't really have a choice in that, um... It was a very strange atmosphere, I remember. Um, would you like to hear any stories from it? Uh, well, I mean, you already set it up. Let's hear something. What happened? Okay, alright, so... I, I, if, if I say any names, Michael, feel free to replace them with, uh, Zartog. I feel like... Zartog. That, that's a good sensor, anyway. Zartog? So, yeah, Zartog is probably the best sensor we have. <laughs> Uh, so we, one, one time they took us all around this pavilion, and this guy, uh, let's call him David, that's not his real name, but David was taking us by, and there was like a priest with us, and David was like, fellas, I'm gonna be honest with you, and I feel like, it was, we were like 10 or 12 or something, <laughs> he has us sitting around, and he's like, fellas, I have to be honest with you, I have a problem and then we're all looking around like, oh my gosh, what, what's what's happening? And then he's like, guys, I have a masturbation addiction. Wait, and I think we've talked about this. Have we talked about the guy yeah, who... I, 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 I'm we talked about sure we Zartog. Have. We talked about Zartog. Yes. Has, has I, have I forgotten that I've told you this? <laughs> <laughs> this was on the spiral playthrough. What? Yeah. Wait, is that- did that actually come out? Yeah, you told us that he had, yes! like, a special thing on his computer that would text his friends if he looked up porn websites. I- I have dementia, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I have legit dementia! <laughs> and oh you also gosh. laugh like a girl. Anyways, we're gonna be talking oh about with, with the legging of Vigel, the Majora's Mask. Oh wait, we already Michael, talked about that just one. Not, can you cut that out so I don't embarrass myself in front of <laughs> no, all of that, our podcast listeners? In. No, because I sound like a I sound like you're visiting me in a nursing home and you're coming in like, oh hey docs, we're coming oh, to talk hello, to you about the grandma. How about you tell me hello? about the time you found Abe Lincoln naked during the depression? Well, it was a simple time and I found his little corpse. John Wilkes Booth had just found it. <laughs> John Wilkes Booth. Oh, yes, uh, I did notice your new hip. What? I did notice your new <laughs> hip. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, no, it's okay. We, we don't need to we don't need to dwell on it. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I I feel no, it's confused. Right. It's okay. So anyways, Do you think uh, today we're gonna read a fan fiction called, uh... No, 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 <laughs> no, you drop that shit right now, I'll bust out the belt. 
Uh, I was way. half expecting that nobody would respond, and then uh, that joke would land flat on its face, but it, thankfully Ryan immediately jumped on it. Anyways. It's like a knee-jerk reaction, you just- someone says fanfiction, and I just go, eh. <laughs> Somebody, um, a big YouTuber actually covered Sonic High School. The, um, their name is Internet Historian, and they covered what? Sonic High School. No shit. So, I think they stole from us, honestly. <laughs> That's, hey, uh, Internet Historian! You stole you from our 2,000-viewed podcast, oh! the fuck? I know you're a secret listener to this garbage. I know you care a lot about Nintendo games. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, you know, feel free to come on the podcast. We can talk about, um... I don't fucking know, Webkins. <laughs> Michael, what makes you think you'd want to talk about Webkins? I don't know. Yeah, I feel Neopets. like Neopets. Neopets is like beta, you know. If, hey, if yeah, we're, you got to start somewhere. If we're looking at Webkins versus Neopets, I'm gonna say Webkins was more alpha, honestly. Mm. Mm. Webkins was the type of site that you had to go on with like your parents' permission. You know, Neopets, you didn't need that because it was baby. It was made for children. And any fans of Neopets out there that want to debate me on that, come on this fucking podcast, I swear. I am on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> hey, Docs. Hey, Docs, do you want to talk about a game made for children? <laughs> yes, I do. Let's talk about The Legend well, of Zelda I Wind Waker. <laughs> I think The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker is the perfect fit for you. Uh, you big baby. Fuck I you. wanted. I I would um. Where do I, where where do we even begin? I guess um, uh. Book of Genesis. <laughs> this game the sucks. Is, it, is the Book of Genesis <laughs> called the Book of Mega Drive in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> where did you find that joke? Did you know gaming? <laughs> No, Wikipedia! Wait, no. what's the difference? <laughs> so, um, let's- let's talk about Wind Waker. You gotta condense that pre-show into something <laughs> listenable. I did that Over last time and you got mad. We still haven't talked about the Wind Waker. No, no, I'll be okay with editing anything out. Michael <laughs> wanted to- Michael wanted to, like, just get rid of the part where we- I interrupted him several times with a little sound box. He got very upset with me. Yeah! That was the funniest thing! <laughs> it was a good bit. And Michael Michael was legitimately mad online. He he uh, he flew down to my house and gave me a spanking. I actually asked for the podcast. And Michael, I still don't appreciate that you did that. I don't I I mean no, I mean, not to talk about it on air. I mean, we said we'd settle that in court, but, no, you know, just, can you please stop? Are you done now? <laughs> no. Michael, why do you talk to me like I'm a preschooler? Uh, well, <laughs> you stop acting like one. Ooh, ooh, You know, you can't right. say stop acting like a preschooler when we're going to talk about the Wind Waker. <laughs> where really where did this <laughs> idea of this game being like a baby's toy suddenly come from? Because <laughs> like, like every, every meme on the internet is like, well, did you know that you have to open your Wind Waker video with, 
Did you know that hardcore gamers did not like this when it was announced? Oh my gosh, I that is that is like the Doki Doki Panic of Super <laughs> Mario Bros. Two. <laughs> it's the equivalent. I I he I also don't had to even bring up Space World. Yeah, I. You know, to be honest with Space you, World. I didn't ex. Now that I didn't is experience. a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I love, I love how you had to interrupt me for that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Interrupter Jones. Please continue. <laughs> Interrupter Jones. Whoa! <laughs> All right, Michael. That's a burn. You ever hear about Osmosis Jones? You ever hear about that? I I have heard of that. I I don't know what weird energy we've begun for this podcast. Um, I mean, it, it, it kind of started when you were bringing up how the cast of Kingdom Hearts and fucking D-Day. Well, I don't know why I was thinking about that. Oh, oh my lord. You know how some bodybuilders smell ammonia to get them pumped up so they smell it and they go, oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking <laughs> no. about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there are not enough Captain Picard gifts in the world. <laughs> To express Speaking of Picard, let's talk I about the new you. Star Trek series on CBS uh, All I just Access. Want Picard. I just want to talk about the Wind Waker. Oh, but, but Ryan, I don't want to talk You didn't about want to do fan fiction. Hey, you know, can uh, is it is uh, we we talked about the comparison to the remake from Majora's Mask last time. Is it is it fair to say that people are as divided on whether or not the HD uh, remake is uh, like a replace in exoparadigm gamer language? Is there that contention so. there? No, I don't think so. They I think only, there's like one there's really like one big talking point, and that's it because everything else is just considered better. What, what yeah. is that talking point? Is it like the bloom it's or something? It's just the or? bloom. It really is just the bloom and the, how the oh, way the faces cool. are made in response to like how the things got updated. That's yes. like, it's the only thing I ever hear anybody complaining about. I mean, it is noticeable, but like I, I remember but they, like, they the My point is that it's plus. nowhere near the divisive nature of the Majora's it, Mask remake. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, like the issue with, with Majora's Mask is that they... they Try to fix things that were never broken to begin with, and with Wind Waker, they just up the lighting, and that's really it. And even it's not even like an Ocarina of Time, or again with Majora's Mask, where the lighting kind of killed the atmosphere that was in the original game. It's more so just like it's just bright. That's really it. It doesn't really kill the, any of the atmosphere. It's still intact, but the the only thing is that the the color, like the the water's colors, seem to be like a bit more harsher during the bright sunshine. As opposed to like the the solid color of the GameCube version, um, that's not to say that it's enough for me to prefer the GameCube version when the Wii U HD remake adds like the gyro controls and all of the shortened animations and everything like that, the swift sail, everything. Yeah, um, I think the only <laughs> I think my biggest issue with Wind Waker HD is that it's on the Wii U and hasn't been ported to the Switch yet. <laughs> I don't I mean, want like, it. It's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, you should totally play Wind Waker on the Wii U. Oh, you don't have a Wii U. You shouldn't spend three hundred well, plus actually, dollars on a console actually, to buy a, a remake. Actually, I think Wind Waker King and Twilight Princess. Actually, 
<laughs> I think Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are enhanced because you have a gamepad with it with you while you play mm -hmm. in a way that Zelda games probably just can't do again, if you know what I mean. I agree, one hundred percent. Remember and when it just Bob come, was it supposed just to have a map of the, the gamepad, but they got rid of it to make the Switch version yeah. look better. That, I fucking hated that. That was really it was, dumb. It was but really again, it's unfortunate. Hard to justify a three hundred dollar console for two remakes. Is it three hundred dollars at this point? It's not three. I feel like that's a bit of a mischaracterization of the glorious does, being that is the does, Wii U. How much does a refurbished Wii U cost? Michael, I, I put it up I mean, on screen now. If you think now. about it this way, if you buy in the Wii U, well, first of all, there are still some games that have never been ported to the Switch. So, like Super unless, Mario unless 3D Worlds. And also, it's you're buying a system that is backwards compatible with the Wii if you don't already own a Wii. Mm -hmm. So, but here's the thing. In Wind Waker, you can use the touchscreen to sort your items out whenever you want without pausing and also look at the map and basically do everything you want as like a suit like you basically don't need to pause like ever so and that's something that zelda probably just will never have again unless a wii u like hardware is released you know to be to be fair though in batwa you can i mean you do have to pause it at several points but like Sometimes you don't if if you really don't want to pause it I feel like for weapon changing and like all of that and sorting your items like especially with uh Like the swords and clubs like you can just throw them away physically Um, and I like that quick changing I I wouldn't say it's the best compromise for having I think like, I'm more saying that if you could you could not put Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on the switch without losing something yeah hmm that's but fair let's let's be fair what is the benefit to not having to pause to switch out items it's immersion it just keeps I, the I action just, going it's such a convenience that it's hard like it's one of the reasons i do play the wii u version over the gamecube <laughs> version mm. like because there are so many other things but like that one in particular is like once you've tasted that if you just take it out, it's kind of like, eh, you know, because like you can while walking through a dungeon, you could be like, oh, I want to switch up my item set and you have to pause <clears> the <throat> game to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. I I also like that the map is just always there. That's the other I, thing, too, is that especially for the yeah, fucking that's Waker, actually useful. <laughs> yeah. What? The other thing is not useful? I don't think it <laughs> is. Is that what you're implying? <laughs> like, unless well, if you're not? walking just... while changing, it's like you might as well just have the game paused. I don't see the yeah, difference. Yeah, but I often do that. I mean, to be yeah. fair, though, I remember when I was playing Wind Waker HD for the first time, I, I always played in handheld mode. Also handheld really mode. I mean, I, I think personally for me, I never played handheld mode for the Wind Waker HD. Just because, like, I loved it. Because there, there's something to be said about, um, like, I don't like to say immersion because I don't like the word that much, but like, you know, if you were exploring somewhere, you'd have the map out pretty much all the time. And I like that. I like that you can look down and it's just there. Well, and you can keep going. And the same it's thing like for Minecraft. the items. It's like Minecraft, except not really. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft I, Ryu edition. 
I mean, what's so funny about that? You literally just said the game's title. Exactly. Oh, is, is that a... I, mean, I guess the point here is that there are a lot of cool things the Wii U gamepad uses. Mm -hmm. At the very least, that make me never want to play the GameCube version ever again. And that's not even all of the things and that that's changed, not so. even to mention the dithering. <clears throat> oh, why don't you talk about the dithering, Michael? Okay. Cue the song! So if you have never played the Wind Waker with component cables, you will never have known this. But the Wind Waker has the most dithering I have ever seen in a GameCube game. It is ridiculous. And according to um, RZ, they actually lowered it to 16-bit color because they didn't have enough, I don't know, either bandwidth or room on the frame buffer to have it in like full 32 or 24-bit RGB. So it's 16-bit RGB and then to make up for the lost colors, they have dithering. Oh, and uh, they, they also have some kind of like depth of field effect. Where, like, anything more than, like, 20 feet in front of you just becomes really blurry. So if you're on, like, the open ocean and you're, like, looking in front of you, this is on GameCube, then everything, like, the entire screen will be blurry. Because there's, like, you nothing know, in front of you except ocean. But, 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 but it's, it's an artistic style! It's supposed to look like a painting expo, you just don't get it! Something Brian, who, I, who are you even? Is that a real person? Like, has anybody <laughs> ever said that? Has anybody ever actually said that? I'm saying it so that way that one guy, you know who you are, doesn't say it. <laughs> Whoa. Because I know it's been said, people say the same thing with Skyward Sword 2. What? Who says what, this? What do you mean? About who says like this? how the thing, like when the thing's like super far away, it's like gets all blurry. It's like, oh no, it's supposed to look like that. It's, uh, da, 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 I didn't star, say it wasn't like supposed painting. to look like that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like that by design. I'm saying I get that. Yeah. That doesn't mean I. We're I have all to on think the same page. Nice. Oh. Can we talk about I, the tingle really, tune? I, I'm gonna have to fight you on that in Skyward Sword, Ryan. No, I mean I. I you know what? No, we will put a pin on that. We'll get the Skyward Sword. Can we, get we talk? Sword. I I know we're jumping around a lot, but I want to talk about uh, if we're on the same the subject of the remake. One of actually my biggest complaints, and you'll love this, Michael, is the the removal of the tingle tuner. <laughs> I say the removal of dithering. <clears throat> I think that having the Wii U gamepad available, and like especially like what they showed off that you can have like multiple players have different perspectives on the gamepad with um, Nintendo Land and everything like that. I don't understand why they didn't implement the tingle tuner into this game because you know, like that's <clears throat> that's actually something um the, it's the I, tingle tuner is the most entertaining part of uh like the the oj experience <laughs> if anybody wants to see like if anybody hasn't experienced that themselves like go watch uh, the zebros playthrough of the wind waker it's here's, here's it's a really thing good that wind waker and twilight princess does that a lot of Wii U games actually did. You know, it was incorporating Miiverse, which, mm. you know, at, at the time, <clears throat> it's a cool idea. But at the same time, it's like the writing was on the wall. You know, like Miiverse was never going to last. 
And like as soon as the Wii U kind of died, Miiverse went with it. Like it was on 3DS, but it didn't last long on 3DS either. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it's a cool novelty for, you know, you know, for the time. But now when you're playing the game in 2019, you get a bunch of useless, like mostly in the case of Twilight Princess HD, you get a bunch I'd of I'd argue that Wind Waker junk. lost more than Twilight Princess. Oh, did. yeah. Because that, like, the, the whole bottle <laughs> system in uh, Wind Waker, I thought it was really cool when Miiverse was actually was. active. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. Um, I'm not asking them to, like, uh, put in the Tingle Tune or anything, but, like, I think it would have been a neat compromise and, um, what's the word? It would have prepared them for the inevitable shutdown of Miiverse. Um... Like, if the Tingle Tuner was in the remake, you could still play with that in 2019. As opposed to the Tingle Bottle, which you can't right now. I... <clears throat> did... What do you... Michael, as, as somebody with first-hand experience of the Tingle Tuner, what are your thoughts <laughs> on its removal in the HD remake? Oh, uh, I'm gonna surprise you, Paydox. Uh-huh. Um, I actually 100% agree with you. <gasps> Wait, no way. <laughs> you agree with me? <laughs> Are you serious? I mean, oh there was no reason I'm to crying. remove the Tingle Tuner. <gasps> I'm gonna cry. Like, oh if it was an issue of resources, all they really had to do was lower the in-game resolution to 720p. Um, right. And then set send a 480p signal to the gamepad that is different and then just have the first player use a regular mm -hmm. pro controller and then you're all set no, that's all not, they would have had to do then. like like really another thing they could have done because this is also when they were experimenting with smartphones a bit have it on your smartphone why not could is that possible for the wii u to use a smartphone with it well no i mean like you could use like the smartphone for like the tingle tuner so like, you know, with the Tingle Tuner, you had to use, like, the Game Boy Advance. Instead of the Game Boy Advance, your phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why not? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Free to download app. Oh, fun fact. Uh, I joked in the playthrough uh, about, like, what if somehow the world record for Wind Waker used the Tingle Tuner somehow? Like, I joked. I know it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then oh. I found out that actually there you could use it to, like, glitch through walls or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I, I just the the tingle tuner is so much fun. Uh, it, it I I want to make a video. <laughs> I want to make a video about this topic in general, but I love that when Nintendo tries to add, uh, and I'm gonna compliment Nintendo here, I love when they try to add, like, multiplayer to a single player experience, they do it in a way that the second player can just cause as much chaos as possible. <laughs> like, Quick, play the scream of Michael screaming at the rabbits! But not too long. Don't make that shit go on too long. It's a very long scream, and it will draw people away, and it's very <laughs> annoying. Do it like the perfectly cut screams. <laughs> I... I just... I, I love... That was a real personally. scream, by the way. No, that yeah, was I know, I know. you did it like 3am. <laughs> Michael, my, my that, dad that's... was pissed. 
It's it's one of um, if I was ever making a Zebros funny moments compilation, that'd be the first one. <laughs> so does your dad know that you did it for YouTube? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> does he know that it's kind of like a, a part of your identity at this point? The fucking exo scream. <laughs> I know about the part, but he knows that Eric and I record videos for YouTube. But does he know how popular your scream is? Is it? <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's number one trending right now, look. As I feel like it's only like the ten people on Earth who have seen that plate you know about it. Well, also the people well, who watch our Sonic Heroes Let's Play. That is true. It's there. It's like in the first episode you put it in. Yeah. I put it in because like you asked me to put just it watching in. Two you're just watching this one guy play Sonic Heroes and everyone else is talking about feet. And all of a sudden you just hear Exo scream. Aah! It is, it is. I think, um, I, I wanted something like that in Odyssey where like the, the second player could really <laughs> you fuck wanted with my Mario. Scream in Odyssey? <laughs> yeah, yes. it did. I wanted a moment like that. Because unfortunately, like, um,. You can't do too much to fuck with another player with Cappy. You know, you can make them sometimes jump, but it's even then kind of <laughs> like, meh. Because there's no tight platforming, nope. you know. That might actually be an interesting thing to try on Zebros. Do it. Do Ooh. it. Do it. Do it. Because it's just like, you know, it, you can kind it. of make them jump. That'll be enough for him. That'll be enough. <laughs> he will, he will find a way. <laughs> I I just think that there there will be no more like there's not uh, another chaos chaotic experience like the Tingle Tuner. Like you could bomb people at will. You could drain all of your rupees that you need, <laughs> which I loved. Like if 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 you're playing with somebody that's taking the game seriously, you can just buy a bunch of potions that they don't need and drain their entire rupee count. Well, that yeah, I mean that, that mixes real well with the Triforce quest. <laughs> yeah, especially in the original game, which like bumps that shit up to eleven. Oh it's my so god, good. you know, you talking about this makes me miss that playthrough so much. I'm gonna go rewatch it after <laughs> you this. Know, you know, speaking go of, it. the remake fixed the Triforce shards. <laughs> well, let's talk about <sighs> it, huh? Whoa. My father <laughs> was, was a game designer. And he <laughs> designed the Triforce the shard quest. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean that. My father <laughs> was a gamer. And a predator. <laughs> All right, let's let's move away from Zartog and get back to the Triforce quest. So Cut that one. Zartog, it's my dad. <laughs> yeah, he is. You know, can can we um <laughs> can we um not maybe? We're not, I'm not we'll stop talking about Zartog. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta censor that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, I I'm as somebody who never beat the original on GameCube. I um I think what I did is I I like went up to the last dungeon and then my friend did the Triforce quest for me and then I beat uh, I like did uh, all of the stuff you could do in regular Hyrule. I can't speak on the changes they made and how much that affects the the game. So. If uh, it's I not as much correctly. as you'd 
Because like, if I remember right, I, you have to find the chart, right? <laughs> like you have to find a chart. They have to find a chart that the chart charts you to the chart, and then you have to spend like three hundred fifty-eight rupees on that chart to find the tri. Like you need a chart first for the Triforce chart. Okay, here's then you how get it that works. Chart There's the incredible chart. Which you, it's like paid postage or something, like Tingle will send yeah. it to you in the mail and you have to pay for it. And then that chart will show you where to find the Triforce charts. Then you go to the place in the map and you will find the Triforce charts. But they are written in a language that you do not understand. So you have to take them to Tingle and then pay 358 or however many that Ryan said and then he will it's translate for you and then once you've translated it it will show you the island that it is nearest to and give you an X to show you where you're supposed to dredge it up um yeah and then there's another chart specifically that's on the ghost ship but the only way to get in the ghost ship is to find the ghost ship chart so you have to go to this very specific island that you would never know to go to go into there play a quick mini dungeon then then you get the chart then you have to find the specific island during the phase of the moon that the ghost ship will show up at and then go into it and play a submarine mini dungeon and then you get that triforce chart and then once you actually have all the charts and have them deciphered you have to go to that specific island and then you have to painstakingly press up on the d-pad over and over again so that you can make sure that you are positioned above the x so that you can then use the thing, the salvage arm, to dredge up the thing. I thought mm. Skyward Sword had pacing issues. Wow, so Skyward Sword's worse than that, I think. I, <laughs> yeah. just, uh, I don't know about <laughs> that, Chief. I'll, you know what? No, I'll, I'll say this at least, because, like, okay. Well, I mean, if you're talking like, about pacing, I think Skyward Sword's paced worse than that. I mean, how do I explain it? How, how, okay, okay, because like there's there's this other part in Wind Waker that I can't fucking stand, right? And it's right before you get the third medallion or the third pearl, where you go to an island where you know you thought that you were supposed to go to, but then you find out it's destroyed. So you have to go all the way to, to uh, uh, Windfall you have to get the bombs. Then you have to go all the way over to Outset Island. And then you have to bomb a rock to get the pearl. And they have to find three separate islands to activate the Tower of the Gods. And then you get your dungeon. Which, you know, when you, t when you say it out loud, it doesn't, sound like, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal. But the process of sailing from one place to another, and there's absolutely nothing going on, <sighs> that sucks. Finding I... the Triforce shards and the Triforce charts and all that kind of stuff, that sucks. Now, Skyward Sword has a similar issue where it's just like there's a lot of padding, but I find that the stuff you're doing in Skyward Sword to be way more interesting. Like, you know, you're, you're at that part with the volcano and then, oh, you lost all of your gear or uh, you, you're trying to escort like this one fruit to uh, the Elder Dragon so you can uh, teach you a part of a song or you got like the Silent Realms and stuff like that. Like you're always doing something in Skyward Sword. See, you're not just sailing. You're not. Yeah. Well, I don't I mean, think, okay, because when you... When you get into, I think they are equivalent in how much I don't like them is the point that I'm trying to make. I don't think one's necessarily better than the other. Because in even in Wind Waker, when you're doing something like the Triforce charts, there are a bunch of mini dungeons you have to do to even get the charts in the first place. 
I think they're both almost the same in how cumbersome they make things for you to do to get to the good stuff. You know what I mean? I, I think the I, stuff that you do in Skyward Sword is is part of the good stuff. Like it's not. Yeah, like but I also think those. I also. Like that, th- but I also think that of the Wind Waker too. And That's I would. Fair. I would actually. Sorry, Ryan, my love, but I would disagree with you because. I, I thought it was kind of interesting that you go to the Forgotten Isle, I believe it's called, and it's all destroyed, and then you go back to Windfall, but it's not really it's, you're going it's the back commute. to Wind- the But the commute is, is still fun. I still enjoy sailing. I, I never really got bored of sailing in the Wind Waker, to be I, honest. I did. I, I did. I mean, even even again, if we're bringing up Skyward, because like the thing is, like with Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, they both have like similar problems. Like Skyward Sword, you got the sky completely barren, nothing to do. But at the same time, and you know this, whether or not this was intentional, just the waggle of of the loft wing was enough to keep me like, okay, no, look, I'm actually doing something. It, it kept me focused on the game. Mm. Wind Waker, at that point, we're going from the Forgotten Isle all the way to Windfall. Like you could get up, take a piss, make a sandwich come back and then the game is still playing itself going from one place to another that's boring i don't know i i still think the trekking is part of the fun for me because like you're still looking at different stuff there's still some obstacles along the way again it's not as developed as like you know looking back on it i i would say you know they could add more stuff and the sea could have been expanded to be a bit more lively but the expanses uh, I don't mind because, and they they sort of add to the ludo narrative game design that I enjoy Whoa. of the Wind Waker, with um, with the fact that the whole entire world is submerged and very far apart, and like the the Triforce quest I never really minded because it felt like something an adventurer yes, would do. Said, Again, it's not executed well. You also said you've never well, actually done the full thing. But I mean, in the Wind Waker HD, I did not in the original. I'm, I'm talking about original over here because that's, oh, that's okay. what I grew up on. I I just like, I think maybe for slug. me, maybe hey, for Alex, me. Let me tell you something, all right? Let me yes, tell you Dad. something. Bad. Yes, Papa. My bad. This was my first <laughs> Zelda game, right? On the GameCube. Yes. It was the Triforce quest on that was so bad that not even my dad could help me figure it out. <laughs> Like, he just had no fucking idea. <laughs> I love that image of little baby you, and your dad is, like, fucking swearing at the Wind Waker, like, What the fuck is this, son? What what the fuck? I never he beat the Wind Waker when I was like a kid because five. of the Triforce quest. That's why I never beat the game until I was older. Oh, man. I guess, uh, for me, why I, I guess I think I enjoy it is because I remember the HD experience more. Like, with the Swift Sail, I don't think it's that much of a big deal. But I think you're right, King K and Ryan, that in the original, these problems are a bit more exacerbated. I But that's the thing, though, is that the Triforce quest, I think, is far from the worst thing about the game. I think people kind of, like... I mean, I still don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I think people kind of exaggerate when they say it's the only problem with the game, you know? Like, oh, oh God, no, <laughs> no! I've seen so many people say, like, that's just the worst part of the game, and I'm like, nah, I don't think that's it. What, what would you say worse? is the worst? I think the worst part of the game is... Alright, my... I don't want to, like, jump into, like, my biggest problem with the Wind Waker right now, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> just do it. Just do it. Enlighten We're all me. friends here. I want to see if I agree with you. My, my biggest problem with the Wind Waker is a larger issue. The issue that I have is that it's sort of the, the Great Sea itself is pr problematic in execution to the point where everything that it try everything and i mean everything that it attempts to do with the great sea feels pointless mm. <laughs> so <laughs> i think i think the issues of the mm. wind waker go way beyond the triforce quest like that's just like that's just little so, shit so you know? then the triforce quest itself becomes a symptom of a larger problem yeah that's what i mean okay i agree with that I can because, because like, that. my most consistent problem trying to come back to the Wind Waker is that I find myself enjoying things about it that are that have nothing to do with the Great Sea at all. The Great Sea feels like the biggest aberration, like, ever. It doesn't really feel like it connects with anything. Because the game doesn't make use of it like you would expect it to. Mm. <clears throat> because the game... Okay, like, let me let me float you some some comparisons here. You got Ocarina and Majora. Their overworlds are, you could argue that they are as barren in some instances, but they're also a lot more contained, and they were very easy to traverse. It felt like there was a little bit more purpose to them, even if they were flawed. And then you have the Wind Waker, where. It does fit thematically and in in the larger narrative. I'm not saying that doesn't fit. I actually think it's pretty cool the way that they go about it, like with Hyrule under the sea and stuff. But that just links into the, my why I like the story so much. But mm. you look at the Great Sea and you're like, where does this slot in in terms of providing you like a variety of gameplay scenarios? And what it comes down to is just optional content. But then the kicker is that you need so many items to do these optional islands that you basically just save everything for the end anyway when you have to do the Triforce quest. At least mm -hmm. that's what I do. I feel like the game funnels you into doing everything at the end, which is why the pacing always feels so shot, because you just do dungeon after dungeon after dungeon after dungeon, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I have all the items, so I might as well go explore now. That well, is you know, what the worst Metroidvanias do. Right there. It's also like a game that feels like as if there was a lot that was cut from it. And if you look into like the, the, the development history and the betas and shit like that, there was a lot that was cut from the game. And as such, it's just like this game kind of feels like as if you're playing a slice of fucking Swiss cheese or something. Well, Michael it's actually like, hit on something. I often view the, um, at least the traditional Zelda style, like before Breath of the Wild. I often view them as Metroidvania-like experiences because they're very similar in how they're executed. Um, they may be a little, like, they may focus on certain things over others, but in terms of, like, you need item to get somewhere, it's very similar. Mm. And I often find myself comparing them to Metroidvanias in terms of which ones I like and which ones I don't. You know, I, that, do, I would agree that this seems like a very badly executed... because. And that's the problem, is that the Great Sea is not something you put on a Metroidvania. The Great Sea is something you put on a Breath of the Wild-style game, you know? It's not a Breath of the Wild-style game. Yeah, because it's, it's still like, you must go here, and then go here, and then go here. I, yeah. I, that's such a good point, actually, because 
is say say if you put the Wind Waker uh, the Wind Waker's world into basically Breath of the Wild's engine, I feel like you'd have such a unique experience, and I feel well, like the, it'd the be... thing the difference there is that you would actually be allowed to interact yeah. with the Great Sea as an explorable location, and and you and, and it you would wouldn't tie be, in. you wouldn't be guarded off because Breath of the Wild is a style of game that provides you with the tools up front. Yeah, and I I like that more for the style of an explorer because that that's the whole theme of the Wind Waker that you are exploring and like uncovering the mysteries of Hyrule and whatever. And I feel like having those mechanics like something that that always stuck out to me was the the fact that you needed the hook shot to like get from certain places uh throughout like different islands. I didn't like that because uh You'd have to go back to the islands if you wanted the heart piece and yeah. everything. And But that's a thing that was not a problem in other Zelda games for me. Yeah. Because the yeah. travel time was not as large. That's true. And like I think um Michael Michael Michael's point about collectathons is something I want to bring up because when I play the Wind Waker, I like to go to for one hundred percent for some reason. Like I feel like that is kind of what you have to do in the wind waker if that makes sense because the whole theme is about exploration at least for me so when you get to those parts like you're describing like in a metroidvania like the, the, in in terms of a bad metroidvania design i guess i would agree to some extent that like those those quirks aren't aren't too great coming back to it it's unfortunate you made me hate my favorite game king k <laughs> Did I? No, come on. I, well, that's that the thing bad. is, I, I, I don't hate <laughs> it or anything. I mean, I think that's just the reason that it's one of my lower tier Zelda games is yeah. because it has such like. There aren't many Zelda games I can describe that have like a major issue about them, like a major one, and I think Wind Waker is a major one. And that's all Can, there is to it, really. I also, I, I agree with you, King K, that this is probably, well, no, it's not even probably, like, this is my, I, I could say, this is my least favorite 3D Zelda game, period. Like, I I, I have positive association with it, obviously, Mo so. Ryan, I, you, I, you I, sound like somebody's pouring milk into Rice Krispies near your microphone. <laughs> oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll wait. It does that. <laughs> Just slurp up those Rice Krispies, Ryan. Oh, I can hear them crackling in your mouth. They're like Pop Rocks. <laughs> Making it interactive, I see. Sorry, Here, hold I, on. I had a couple of Pop Rocks while, uh, while y'all were talking. <laughs> Michael shut off sparklers under my ass for a little prank. <laughs> oh, Michael, stop! Ouch! Is it still going? No, no you're good. good. Okay, yeah, because it doesn't pick up on Audacity. Like, you hear it in the fucking recording, but you don't see it on the fucking blue line yeah. thing, but but no, like, I have positive association with Wind Waker, because I played it when I was a kid, and I liked it, and I got attached to it, and I was able to relate with the story, and the music, and all that kind of stuff, like, I liked it when I was a kid, and then you go back and you play it when you're older, and you're like, hmm there's a lot of stuff missing in this game, because it was rushed and it was padded out the hell it just like, it is, I don't know, like, I, I there were very few games that I played where it feels rushed when you play it. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, it feels like as if there is stuff cut from the game 
Like there's stuff that should be there and it's just, it's not. Did anyone else feel that with playing this or what? I don't, okay. I know people talk about this a lot. I don't, like there's just one section where it ever I ever notice because it's the most blatant one with the third pearl. Like I get that, but I also don't think adding that in would fix any of the overarching issues for me at all. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't change much of anything about how the game is designed, you know? I mean, it sucks that it wasn't in the game, but like, eh? Well, the, also with the two little uh, sections that you go to for the fire and ice arrows, they're just like weird little off to the side dungeons. And the I way like you even those. get the fire and ice arrows, it's like, it's like you just have to go to like some random part in the map that's like all the way to the top left and then you get the fire and ice arrows. It's like, what? But I don't think that was cut content though at all. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, there was going to be a town that took place. It was kind of like the uh, the Rudo place, where it's like a town that was on a volcano, and that was going to lead you to the fire dungeon where you get the gauntlets to lift things. I'm pretty sure that was planned. Yeah, but again, maybe. it was just cut, and then they had like then a little again, mini dungeon instead. If that was added. How much more would you actually enjoy with the Wind Waker? Well, if it was a damn good dungeon, I would say it would definitely bump it up a little bit. But then again, like the dungeons in Wind Waker are kind of meh. The, the worst ones. Yeah, but that. But what I'm saying is that, like, you know, if we had that one or two dungeon or one or two dungeons that were like really damn good. You know, maybe wouldn't have saved the entire package, but it would have been something to grab onto. It's like, yeah, you know, the game was kind well, of. I already whatever, think Wind Waker has that one at least... fire dungeon was cool, but it doesn't really have anything to like that to latch on. I mean, I have that with the Wind Waker with the Wind Temple. Oh God, no! Oh, oof! I really like. <laughs> I the don't wind like temple. the Wind Temple. <laughs> I, don't I like Michael, you've been awfully silent. What are has your he? opinions? Messy. <laughs> <Has> <laughs> Michael, you know, I, I, I feel like we're on. We might be on the same wavelength here. What do you, what do you mean? I don't even know where we are in this conversation, to be honest. We've jumped I, around. We've jumped I, the shark, one might say. Oh, I, we jumped the Georgs that keep spawning in. Because I, I personally like the Wind Waker, despite a lot of these issues that you're bringing up. I mean, like, I also want to clarify. I don't dislike the game I still like it there's still things mm-hmm. about it that I like I just think that yeah I like I sp- it too I just think that like I think as a game it's a it's a good game it's fine but I think if you compare it to the other Zelda games which in my opinion are stellar in their own ways Wind Waker doesn't hold up like Wind Waker comparatively is just more disappointing and more but there uh, are people I, who will who will swear I, by this game. I mean, I get it. Like when people tell me that Wind Waker is their favorite, I I can see why they like the game. I can see it. I just don't like it. I just don't agree with it. <sighs> mm. Like when people say like, "Oh yeah, I love sailing," I'm like, "Yeah, no, no, I I get it." It's like why people like why there's like a niche little community for Sea of Thieves, like why people like that game, when all you really do is a bunch of sailing. There's an audience for that. 
There's an audience for people who want to play a game where you drive a bus down a straight road for eight hours. Like, that's an actual fucking game. Desert bus. There's, a there's, there's, there's not really an audience that's more so made as, like, an April Fool's joke. Or for but charity. people still that. do it. Yeah, and, yeah, people did it for charity. Yeah. So, well, I wouldn't call that, that an shit. audience, though. Yeah, you know, people still watched it, so that, that, that's my point. Because it's funny. You know? It's a funny meme. It's a meme. Yeah, it's a meme, and uh, I, the video you're talking about, which is Joel from Vine Sauce, you know, he made it pretty entertaining, so... Where he I don't drank, know. like, three or eight cans of Pepsi, <laughs> and he yeah. just held onto his piss for, like, eight hours. I, I mean, to be fair, Michael, I swear by this game. I... I actually... I mean, I don't have a problem with people liking it. What I'm saying is that it's just, like... Is that I could easily pick this game apart in a review, like, and King K has already done that in his own video, and we're kind of doing that now, and it's just like... But there are people who, who, who don't think the sailing is boring, who, I yes. guess, like the dungeons, and who yes. like the Great Sea, even though it's just a giant expanse of, to me anyway, it's just a giant expanse of nothing. I mean, I've... I mean, I guess what I can say is that over time, my opinion of this game has improved somewhat because Breath of the Wild came out, and so Ooh. that's that's bottom of the barrel now. And then I realized oh, oh, how ooh, much I ooh. how much my I can't are stand to replay Ocarina of Time anymore. Well, the N sixty four version anyway. Um. So after that, Wind Waker went up in the world for me because at least it's a little. F at least I can mash through the dialogue. That means a lot to me for some reason, but it. You know, it's just like when I have to play that game twice for the roar, whenever the hell that is, being able to mash through dialogue will be very good. And it's just like, I guess I enjoyed the islands and stuff more than the world of Ocarina of Time. And the story was more interesting. But there's still things about it that just plain suck. And, you know, the Triforce quest is the biggest defender there. And it's like, if you want to talk about cut content, the only reason that quest exists... Well, I, I, I don't have evidence of this, but if I had to guess, they were like, there's this one island you can find in like the top northwestern, northeasternmost point in the map. There's like a series of teeny tiny little tower shaped islands that you hook shot up. Like that yeah. feels like there was supposed to be a dungeon there, but they didn't have time to finish it. So instead they stuck in a repetitive mini dungeon where you fight enemies floor after floor after floor after floor and then you do enough of them and they give you the chart you know it's just like well we had all these islands that we were gonna put things on but we don't have time to finish those things so instead we'll make like a couple generic mini dungeons that we can make in five minutes and we'll repeat them over and over again and then we'll make the players go there so that the fact that we bottled this island wasn't a waste of time you know also what I mean? with all the fortresses that are scattered around the island, too. And then we'll put a bunch of money on there so that people can afford the charts. You know what I mean? It's like they're creating gameplay that nobody wanted because they had sunk costs in, like, modeling and design.
for putting some of these things together, but they didn't have time to finish it in a fun way, so they had to, like, put shit there to keep players busy. You know what I mean? It feels like that's the only reason that the Triforce chart quest exists, and it's interesting that King K noted the fact that even his dad couldn't figure the thing out. Because it's just like, I had a Prima strategy guide, and it still took me a dragon's age to finish the side quest. <laughs> and I could not imagine, and I was like seven or eight, and I played the game multiple times as a kid, because I didn't, it's not like I had other games, I didn't have Majora's Mask, I didn't have Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess didn't exist yet. So this, this was the Zelda game I owned, so I, I had no choice but to replay it over and over again. Partially because that's just what kids do. They do the same things over and over again. I used to watch uh, Sleeping Beauty on VHS a million times. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I liked that movie and I was like five years old. Wait, do you still movie. like the movie? Yeah. It, there's a couple you... things about it that don't hold up, but that's a discussion for another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Um, Let's keep, like, it is can just you like, do an that, ROR that is on what the Wind Waker is, is, it feels like... I mean, like, Zelda games are varying degrees of kid-friendly, but for the most part, it feels like it's something that anybody could pick up and play for the most part. The NES games, not so much, but it's just like, I could figure out how to get through A Link to the Past when I was seven on Game Boy Advance. I could figure that out. Like, Twilight Princess was pretty straightforward, even though there is like that one quest where you had to find the glyphs to get to the flying city. That was a little weird. Well, that wasn't that bad. Um, well, I'm just saying that, like, out of everything in the game, that was probably the least easy to figure out. Um, mm. but then you play Wind Waker, and it's just like, it feels like the iron boots and the power bracelet. How the fuck is anybody supposed to find that without a guide? Like, maybe there's some chart you can find that tells you to go get those things, but it's just like, you go to the northernmost and southernmost islands that lead to the two temples, and you'll get there and it's just like, oh, I can't go in here. Alright, well, how are you supposed to know where now, to find those things? To be fair, and this is also kind of something I want to address as well, um... Like, address something that I said, because, like, you get the song to warp from different parts on the map, right? There is a part in this map, uh, it's where you get the fire and ice arrows, that you can't get to unless you warp to this place. Like, you can't sail to it because there's, like, a big rock in the way. You know, so your eyes kind of go to that part of the map, you're like, oh, hey, I haven't been there, what's over there? And then you get the fire and ice arrows, right? My issue, again, it's like, like, I like that there's still that kind of stuff, and I talked about this with Ocarina of Time as well, where it's like, there's little holes in the walls that'll give you upgrades and magic spells and stuff like that. I like that kind of stuff, and Wind Waker does have that, but the issue that I have is that, like, with the ice place, with the volcano place, it feels like as if there should have been something else there. And it's like, and again, I think that's just part of the reason why these games feel rushed, because they're just kind of there, they look pretty significant, but you don't really, you can't really figure out what to do with them because the game doesn't give you enough context to tell you what to do. There's kind of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like the whole issue sense, with finding but... the ghost ship chart is another problem. Mm. I mean, like, I'm sure that if you searched really meticulously, you could probably find some NPC who will give you 
a vague hint as to where to go or might even outright say go to this quadrant and you will find the thing here's can i can i stick on that point because that's such an interesting like do you think that like you know people people when you when you like um how am i gonna say this you know um as, as as all internet critics know, like, you say something like, the game didn't tell me to do this, and therefore, like, it's not very well designed. And then the common counter to that is like, oh, this NPC told you where to go. Why didn't you talk to him? But, like, have you ever thought about that? Like, why should I have talked to every NPC to know where to go? I mean... There's some... There... That is... <sighs> Because it's like when I played like Final Fantasy V for the first time and didn't know where everything is, I just like by instinct just talked to everyone and then I found out, oh, I can probably go here and do this or whatever. Right. But it's just like in a game like Wind Waker mm -hmm. where you are in this giant ocean essentially and NPCs are clustered in a couple towns and across the entire fucking ocean. Like, they're the guys in, like, the salvage arm dinghy that you can meet randomly. And there's Beetle, right. and, you know, it's just... And there are also Usually the, the spay fish guys that you can feed, and sometimes they'll give you, like, little hints. But it's just, like, you have to go out of your way to talk to those guys. It's, it's just much easier to miss those kinds of things if you have to seek it out yourself. Because now, of how the world is fairness, built there is this part after the Forsaken Fortress after you go there for the first time you get thrown into uh, I keep calling it I keep thinking it's Kakariko but it, it's it's Windfall and you have to find the sail how do you find the sail? you talk to people you talk to enough people you kind of pick up on that kind of stuff like you go to the bar that's over there that's by where um, the Eskimo salesman is you go into that little bar the whatever that is and you talk to people, they do bring up the ghost ship. They do bring up, like, the giant kraken that's over there. They don't exactly tell you where to go, but they kind of drop, like, little breadcrumbs. Like, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, but, mm. you know, the game kind of expects you to... The game expects you to talk to those people because you have to find a specific item. The game doesn't tell you where the item is, so you have to talk to people to find out where the item is while you're trying to yes, figure that out. Yes, but what if you talk to Zunari, like, relatively early on, and you just get the sale? Are you going to keep talking to people after that? The player could potentially just go straight back to the boat at that point and miss that. Which most people, including myself, did. Alright, here's what I think the problem is. The problem is that lots and lots and lots of people, and I don't blame them for this because I did it too, will just go through the main quest because these kinds of Zelda games just funnel you through anyway. Mm. So, like... This mindset, like, that I I would want to engage, like, it's a different kind of experience than what Zelda has become in, like, Breath of the Wild, where you're, like, that kind of experience is one where I'm more willing to, like, allow myself to just, like, I don't need any guideposts, I'll find my own way, and I, I'll accept that contract with the game. But with something like The Wind Waker, it forces you down a path so why not just like and they're not trying to hide it like they just put markers on the map you know so if they're already not trying to hide it then what is the point in obscuring the main progression you know 
That's a good point. I... Because that, at that point, it feels selective. Because mm. at some points, they're, like, making it painfully obvious where you need to go, and at some points, they aren't. For, like, arbitrary reasons. And that probably was has that to do like, with the fact that the game was rushed, if I had to guess. That's what I was just about to say. Uh, I... I don't know, because even if the game was rushed, this feels like things that, you know, for at least, like... Because Wind Waker isn't, like, a short game, you know? It, it's not that short or anything, so I don't know why they felt the need to do stuff like that to pad out the length. I mean, uh, ask any game developer around that time, I don't know. I, yeah, that I feel like that just... A thing. It's still a thing. Yeah. Hmm. But it's, that was kind of weird, that trend... Because it's like, historically, it was like you made a short game and you tried to make it replayable. And, right. you know, there was there were some good ways to do that and some not so good ways to do that. Um, but it, then you get to like the PlayStation era and it's just like, oh, people want more bang for their buck. We gotta make it longer. And, you know, not that's not necessarily always appropriate for every game because it's just games can be too long. Uh, but, yeah, and it's just... Wind Waker... <laughs> it's like, the dungeons are fine. They're fine. It That's the one thing about Ocarina of Time I can definitely say was better, is I enjoyed the adult dungeons more than the dungeons in Wind Waker. Because it it's, like, weird. It feels like the game has an extremely limited pool of enemies. You know what I'm saying? Or it's just like you have yeah. like the Bakoblins and the Moblins and the P-Hats and later on you see some Wizbrobes, I guess. And then that's kind of it. There are keys too, I guess. But it's just like you fight the same fucking Bakoblins over and over. Breath of the Wild did this too. It's just like it gets, it gets old. <laughs> it feels like the dungeons are all just kind of the same thing. <sighs> And there is something about the game's progression, too, like, even in dungeons, where it feels like... Like... Because it's weird, because it's like, I'll come back and play the game again today. And it's just like, I remember being seven years old and playing the Wind Temple and being, like, really annoyed about the fact that I had to escort Makar all over the place. Or the fact that I had to go to all these different floors. And it's just like, those memories from when I was a kid are so powerful that even though I have no problem with these dungeons today, like, I could just pop the game in and it's fine. And if I played the game for the first time today, I probably wouldn't think anything of the Wind Temple. Like, when I think of the Wind Temple, the first thing I think of is how cumbersome it was for me as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, those those memories are just that powerful. And that kind yeah, of... I yeah. can say the same thing for Ganon's Tower in this game. You have, the, you have the the maze at the beginning, and then afterwards you have the boss rush, and then you climb up a few set of stairs, and then that's it. And I remember just being, like, just so blah by the end of it. I know for me personally, um... I remember playing it. This is like um, 
It feels like we're in an AA meeting, but for the Wind Waker, like, <laughs> confessing our very negative childhood memories of this game. Oh, yeah, Wind I'm Waker's saving my thoughts for the dungeons, because I'll go fucking hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I will go hard on Wind Waker dungeons. I just remember, uh, the, like, having to change the wind a lot with the boat. And I remember just absolutely hating that because the, the animation was so long and like it sounds like something I shouldn't remember but when I play it back I can remember changing the wind so fucking much because I got that shit wrong all the time because I was stupid and it you had to watch the animation and I was the type of kid that just got really really bored by shit like that and I mean... I, oftentimes I just put the GameCube down and play fucking Super Mario Sunshine or Star Wars Battlefront because it was so boring. King K, would you like to share your traumatic memories of the Wind Waker? Um, I already shared my most traumatic one, which was the mm -hmm. Triforce quest. I don't right. really have specific childhood memories, I just know it was the first one I ever played. Um, and I have some nostalgia for some of the music and moments, but you want me i want to talk about those dungeons i don't want to talk say about some those things. dungeons i i've already reconciled in my mind that i'm going to save everything i like about this game till the end of this podcast because that just seems like the route we're on but yeah. um so we'll just do the dungeons right now uh i don't like them like almost like the wind temple's the only one i like <laughs> i'm not exaggerating about that um and let me go into why I like the Wind Temple first. If you know me, I have a weird dungeon track record, probably. I enjoy the ones that are complicated and that ask you a lot of you and that actually feel like labyrinths. Um, the Wind Temple kind of feels in line with that because it's huge and you have to like balance Makar with you and there are like so many levels to it and you have to like constantly like wrestle with the thing in the middle with the Deku Leaf. It's just, I just find that stuff really fascinating. And it really gets me thinking every time I go back to the game. By, like, in contrast, I can point out any of the other dungeons, and it's just a fucking cakewalk. Even the equivalent dungeon, the um, Earth Temple, it's just like a walk in the park. And it, it, like, consistently surprises me how easy that dungeon is. Because like you're like on a like it, you pick a door that isn't locked and you just go that's all you do and that's like all the dungeons in the game you pick a door that isn't locked oh what do you know you end up right back like it's like a circuit like you're on a racetrack you just go through a door and then you end up where you need to be and then you're at the boss you know and that like it just it makes me feel like i'm going through the motions i don't understand like I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing in these. What is challenging me here? Because as Michael already mentioned, the enemy variety is not very high. Um, the mini bosses and bosses are... Hmm. I'm trying to remember one that I like. Uh, uh, what's the... Um, I kind of like the one in the Earth Temple. The Poe. Mm. I thought he was kind of fun. Um, I like Goma, like the first boss, the volcano. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm. I, I like I the, 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 the I, I, I fight that, that boss one. as a kid. I had the 
get the guide. Yeah, uh, that, that one's like... like uh, that one's way too... Like, it's the first boss. I, mean, I usually it's easy don't. And, like, I don't complain I'm, too loudly about first Zelda bosses, but <laughs> I mean, you get what you, what I, you pay for there, you know? It's, it's an easy boss, but I kind of like it because it's kind of like... It's... How do I... Like, okay, so... I like the Dragon Roost temple like that's the only dungeon that I ever really care for and my, my criteria for a dungeon like I don't it, it doesn't have to be like a labyrinth or anything like that and for me it's just like give me cool things to look at and give me cool things to do like make cool things happen within the dungeons themselves and I'm fine and with this one it's like there's actually kind of like a a story to it because you know you have medley she's going into the dragon to try to calm down uh, the dragon and you know she doesn't come back oh so you go you go into the dungeon and halfway through, you find out that she was kidnapped by a couple of monsters, and then you go break her out. But then you see that the dragon is acting up because something's pulling on its tail. You go inside the boss room, you see this giant crab-looking thing that's, like, tugging on his tail and pissing him off. So you kill the, the bug, and then you rescue the dragon. And it's like, oh, hey, that's, that's kind of cool. Something happened. And there really isn't another dungeon like that in this game, where it's just like, there are things that are happening that are related to the story, you know? Like, like nothing really happens in the Earth Temple or the Wind Temple, except that uh, Makar gets kidnapped at one point. Uh, the fucking Forbidden Forests, I don't, I barely remember what that looked like. The one with the giant plant in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're all just kind of just there. There's nothing really interesting going on, so I don't really care for them that much. I mean, personally, I I guess I disagree because I always found the the dungeons kind of mechanically interesting. Like I I distinctly remember the the forest temple of like the little things that would jump on you and you'd have to spin attack to get them out. And then once you got the boomerang, you could use the Korok leaf to push the little leaf or the flower down the river of sludge and you'd have to use your shield to bounce the rocks back to the Octoroks. And there was a lot of interesting stuff mechanically in each of the dungeons, so I never felt not entertained by them. Like, in the first dungeon you have um, the little walkways and you can just cut off the strings and make the bridge fall. And I'm like, damn, that's, that's like a cool thing. Like, there's little yep. touches like those that I really like about all the dungeons in this game. You can also, uh, like, put water onto the lava to create platforms, and I'm like, yeah. oh, no, that's kind of cool. And you can put on, like, a little fire geyser, and it'll, like, shoot you up. It's like, oh, hey, that's that's neat. And I like that you can use the boat in, uh, is, there, is it called the Palace of the Gods? Tower of the is Gods. That? Tower of the Gods. Tower of the Gods. And I didn't ever mind the command medley, melody. Um, I... I wish that Medley and Makar were a bit more mechanically interesting, though. That was my only thing. I didn't like how they were similar, that they just could glide and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. interact with objects and glide. They, It's it's pretty standard partner uh, gameplay stuff, but I always wanted more from them. Like, I, I don't know why they couldn't, I don't know, have some other special ability. Like it, it felt um, it felt kind of like using Clank and Ratchet and Clank almost, but less interesting. Yeah, 
I don't, I don't know. I <clears throat> Actually, the Tower of the Gods is a good way to describe how I always feel going into a dungeon where like you go in and you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then you're like going around the boat and you're like, ah, oh, there's some places to check out. Let's like, let's see what's around, what we can do. And as soon as you get in the indoor portion, it's like a funnel. <laughs> and all of a sudden everything just becomes, okay, now do ridiculously easy challenges for a while and then fight a boss. Mm. Like, <laughs> it's just like almost every dungeon of... in the game for me. I remember that dungeon like overstaying its welcome by a lot though. Like I remember that one being really long and just boring. Like there's a puzzle well, I remember it's, early it's on. It's probably because of the command melody. The no, the tower. Oh yeah, yeah, you do use that with the statues. There's a lot yeah. of statues in that. There's so many. And it's like I also remember there was this puzzle where it's just like you have to line up blocks. And then you have to wait for the water to rise up, and then you get like a key or something out of it. And it's just like, mm. like, it's shit like that, where it's just like, what you're doing in most of these dungeons just are not that fun. Yep. I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about in the Tower of the Gods with the pushing the blocks. Yeah, and there's this part with like, there's like a rainbow bridge and yellow chew jellies and shit. There's like mm. a rainbow staircase. It's like, it's, it looks cool, but you're not doing anything cool. There's nothing going on. What's the Mr. Plinkett quote? The, your brain, what, the, something your but brain. your brain did. Yeah, you, you may, may not have noticed, but your but brain, your brain did. did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I agree with that. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of like the later dungeons. I I did like the little challenges that you did to get like the iron boots and uh did you get the hammer in one of them? You got the hammer in the second run of the Forsaken Fortress. Which okay. you know that was a cool power trip. Yeah, I like the going back to the Forsaken Fortress a lot. That's yeah, what I like. I love that. I also like the beginning. Um the stealth mechanics aren't too too great, but I I like I like it. I like being powerless like that. I thought it was kind of it, it's always nice to revisit it and I like the contrast, like the it power just, trip. It felt a little forced, but I mean, what it results in ultimately, I think it's worth it. Mm. You know that it's it's worth it for that part halfway through the game where you get to go back with your sword, say fuck you to all the lights that that shine on you and just kill everything whack everything with like the fucking hammer that you get like it's worth it for that I wouldn't call it forced per se I just don't think I like replaying it when I go back there no no I, I, think, I think I think the beginning section where you lose your sword felt incredibly forced Race Krispies like, are back oh. oh quick Michael uh sing us a song um Yo ho, yo ho, pirates, life for me. Um. What do we do with a drunken Michael? What do we do with a drunken, drunken Michael? Michael? What do we do, do, we with, do a drunken with a drunken Michael? Michael or lie in, in the morning? morning. Alright, snap, crackle, and pop are gone. You can continue. Michael, you sound like, um. What do you sound like? You sound like a, a village elder you take a little sleep potion to. 
And he's like, oh, I'm sleeping, go away, I want to sleep for 400 years and wake up in five. Go away! It's you. You know, Retro Studios has been developing a game for years. <laughs> we still don't know what it is. Is it a Golden Sun game? Golden Sun is fucking dead. I buried it yesterday. They're making The Wind Waker 2. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind if uh, Breath of the Wild kind of had that. Breath of the Wild 2 kind of had that vibe, you know? Because Ganon supposedly comes back or whatever. So maybe they would flood Hyrule. We do see Hyrule Castle going to the sky. <gasps> uh oh. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh -huh. I wanna. Yeah. Yeah. I I do want to say one thing about the Wind Waker though. I we haven't talked about the music too much. It sucks. Um, no, it no, is it good. It, it's it's my second favorite Zelda soundtrack. Oh boy, there's so many good tracks on this fucking shit. You I'm got pretty Outset sure I said Island. It in, pretty sure I said it in the last uh, Wind Waker thing, or the first one that we did, but like... The, the, the fucking credits theme is like, if I'm oh, ever yeah. gonna get married, like, that's the song, man. Like, when... When... When my bride and I are walking down the aisle arm in arm, walking to our yacht... <laughs> that's the music I wanna play. <laughs> Talking to our yacht, going so we can go to our fucking getaway private island. Yeah, it's all the money from the inverse cast, by the way, that Ryan yeah, is going I, I, to I'm, use. I'm setting the bar high, ladies. Wow. Can you imagine me at your wedding? I got a big beer and I'm like a little dwarf fellow. And I'm like, got a big Why the cup. fuck are you, would you be a dwarf? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> GK's over here. You can have my bow, Halox, and my axe. My, I feel like I would be Gimli, and no, 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 no. Michael would be Sam, for sure. Wait, who? <laughs> Michael is Sam because he's the reasonable. You know, he'd take the ring. I feel like I'm Frodo because I'm weak-willed. Uh, Ryan I'm is definitely sure Michael Mary. Will be Gandalf. If we're talking about the Hobbits. Oh, King Hobbits. K, would you be comfortable being Pippin? Who is Pippin? Pippin. He's Pimpin. He's Pimpin. <laughs> I don't even remember who that is. Mary and Pippin. Dude, okay, let me let me give you some background here. I slept through the second movie of The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Jeez. They're I, sti I still have not sat down and finished The Lord of the Rings. Mm. I can't say I blame you. Whoa. Oh, this is this is going in a different direction than I thought it was going to go. It's an investment. And it's just like a bit of an investment. It it's a lot to take in. Well, mm. I don't have any problem with an investment. I have I have a problem with it being boring. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So have we exhausted the Wind Waker? Or do no, we have any No way. No, no way? fucking oh, way oh, have we exhausted oh, the Wind Waker. Yeah, we still gotta talk more about the music. It's fucking great. I about the music in particular um I I think I don't know what was it I gonna say sucks no, what was I it gonna say it fucking sucks I had a good point I had a good point did you oh fuck
Oh my gosh, I... Michael, it's time to put me in a home. I mean, what? What more could you say other than it's good? No, there, there was a good point or I've bad. always thought about. How does um, it make you feel? I mean, it makes me... F it, in terms of, like, um, the themes of The Wind Waker, I, I always attest that Zelda does uh, theming correctly all the time. Like, the theme of the Great Sea perfectly fits going out into an expansive uh, world. And whenever you, like, encounter an enemy, you hear that shrieking choir music, too. And that's really fitting to, like... You know, like, one of my greatest fears is being out in the middle of the ocean with, like, mm. nothing around. Like, you just see sea. And then you can sort of see the, like, just endless blue wherever you look. That's terrifying to me. And, like, whenever you encounter an enemy, you hear the, the choir music and everything. But yeah, then yeah. when you go to an island that has, like, either Dragon Roost or Outset or Windfall, you get, like, a sort of jovial music that is really fucking bopping. I mean, it, you know something it else, is though, so memorable. What? Something that I actually do like about the sailing and something I also like about the mini islands that you find, too, is that, like, if you're sailing, if you're sailing at night... You don't hear nothing but just the water crashing against your boat. Yeah. And, and then when you go to an island, like, day or night, like, no music will play. It'll just be the sound of the waves. And I, I, I love that shit. Yeah. Like, that shit puts me right there. And I also like how when you're, um, when you're fighting monsters and shit like that, and you do attacks, like, it'll add yes. on to the pieces yes. playing. Yes. And, like, Dude, the like, sound design is great. Sound design is great. But also, like, and something else I really like about this game, too, like, I like the combat. Like, the combat feels really, really smooth, and the actual mm. control, like, your movement feels really smooth, too. Yeah. Like, the actual act of moving and fighting is really fun. And one of my favorite side quests, just period, in any Zelda game, is when you're fighting Orca to see how many hits you can land on him, because fighting is just oh, a lot yeah. of fun for some reason. Dude, no. Like, Take that back. Take that back. No! Like, no. I like it because, like, you can, like, tilt I the analog stick. I hate like... Orca. <laughs> I think it's fun. Like, you can, like, I tilt the analog stick in Orca. different directions, and then Link will have, like, different animations and shit. Like, that's cool. Like, Orca. it doesn't really add anything, but it's nice. It's, it's, Fucking it's Orca. The, the fight where you're encouraged to do the three-hit combo, wait, and then do the three-hit combo again. <laughs> because if you get hit three times, and you have to hit him 500 times to get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> 500 times. <laughs> Why the fuck would they do that? I don't know. But I, I, I would challenge myself. So like, I wonder if I can get him up to 999. And I did. I'm like, oh, wow. That's cool. Is that all you did? You just said, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was easily entertained when I was a bad I, I thought you were <laughs> going to say that your favorite thing was the, the, the enemy rush at Windfall. I was not expecting Orca to be the combat emphasis. Fucking Orca. Yeah. God damn it. Like, I thought that was fun. You know, to each their own, You're a I disgrace, guess. Ryan. Whoa. You're a complete disgrace. I hate Orca with every fiber of my being. <laughs> <laughs> every time I go back to the Wind Waker, I know I have to go to Orca. Every single time. I see Orca in the beginning, and I'm like, yeah, fuck you. King I have K, to get the sword from him, that? and it's like foreshadowing. <laughs> he's he's right in our studio audience. Here, come here. Come here. Hey. You know, he's shit-talking you over here. You know, you- Hello? Okay. 
I am more system. <laughs> the combat system of these god like these traditional 3D Zelda games ha are not meant to be stretched that far. They aren't. They simply are not. Unless you have Twilight Princess's system, maybe. 500 times and you can only be hit 3 times. It's fun. No, it isn't. Are you kidding me? What do you mean? What do you mean? I thought that was going to make Michael laugh, but I think Michael <laughs> fell asleep during the podcast. I'm still alive. <laughs> Michael's Michael's <laughs> dozing off just like the great uh what's what's a thing that sleeps in the Legend of Zelda? Me when I play the Wind Waker. Hey! Come on. Come on. <laughs> Michael is the equivalent of Hyrule. They sealed him underwater. Now, I so have I'm things dead. that I like about the game. <laughs> I can Tell I us go about into it. some things. Tell us about it. You know what, uh, Chief I find Lee. it really fascinating during this podcast how, like, the last time we recorded this, you were, like, the champ, the grand champion of this game. And now you're, like, yeah. talking about it with us, and you're like, you know, there's some things about this that kind of suck. What do you- what can I say? I'm a submissive bitch. That's all I am. I mean, I- I've said I like it despite its flaws, I'm just letting other people talk. I mean, I can- I can gush about how much I enjoy it. If you really want me to. Please I think the do. Wind Waker- Cause we need to get off the Orca subject. Orca's worth talking about for ten full minutes. No, of course you wouldn't like it, cause you don't like challenge runs, King K. Oh, wait. Ooh. Can you even consider that a challenge run? <laughs> yes. If, if avoiding coins can be considered a challenge run, then getting 500 strikes without getting hit three times can. Can you defeat Orca without getting hit three times? Yeah, man. Those videos, am I right, guys? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, if somebody made a video about it and I didn't have to do it, that would be good. Let's, uh, let's call up Mr. YouTuber himself. Michael has actually been producing tons and thousands of those videos under different acronyms online. It's, it's concerning. The, anyways- Michael, uh, does that mean you like Orca? I'm indifferent. <laughs> Sounds like you're on, like, a witness stage talking about the, the Grand Opinions trial. I feel like some YouTuber has done that. Have they? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, Jay's reviews in TGX, when they were, did uh, collab reviews of Vajora's Mask and Wind Waker, they framed their difference in opinion as being defense and prosecution attorneys for the games. Ah, okay. Just like a uh, funny video game Phoenix Wright, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jay even uh, yeah. used that robot guy from Trials and Tribulations as his avatar. From robot chicken. Not a robot chicken, uh, the, the guy with, like, the robot visor face. Michael, can we please talk about the Wind Waker? You're going off subject. Fuck you. <laughs> you talk about the Wind Waker. I'm done can with the talk shit. about the story? Let's talk about the story. This no, I want to talk about like the story. Why are we going to talk about the story in Sonic Heroes? <laughs> no, I want to talk. This is. We were going so well. We were doing so well. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to. And then I was to. interrupted. 
I wanted I can... to talk about the thing I like, which was the story. But can I Do you like I the speak... story, Haydox? <laughs> yes, but I want to speak, please. Then say it. Spit okay. it out. Okay, I will. I will spit <laughs> this game it. I will spit. Out the worst of us. <laughs> <laughs> I will spit. I want to say that um <laughs> it's, it's like the it's like the, the you know the the audio track where goofy's on trial for murdering somebody and he just keeps laughing oh. that's what this is right now i just want to say <laughs> Well, this is an audio track where where Goofy's being like put on trial for murdering somebody, oh, and they keep it. they keep asking him questions. Oh, oh, and he oh, it. <laughs> That's the filthy frame yeah. pink season. I want to just say that I enjoy the music. I love, I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh fuck! I'm I I uh I whenever I think about the Wind Waker, I think about AP Calculus. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the note where the podcast ends. <laughs> uh, you see, whenever I think about the Wind Waker, I just think of the smell of Sonic's feet. No, it's true because whenever I did my homework during high school, I'd put on um like uh, all of the relaxing music, like Dragon Roost Island. Um, I put on like. Uh, Outset Island and the credits theme and like a bunch of relaxing music from the Wind Waker to do my AP Calculus homework. Um, I just, I really, really love the music. I, I, I could go into depth about every single song, but um, it's easily one of my favorite Zelda soundtracks. And I like, I like it so much too when, uh, when they reuse like Dragon Roost Island and Breath of the Wild, like because mm, I love that soundtrack yeah. so much, uh, when I heard that, I mean, I I just stopped in Rito Village and Breath of the Wild and listened to the track in its entirety until night came. It's it's really good. Uh, the I don't know who composed it, but I mean, when we get to Twilight Princess, I have a lot more to say about the music too. But I, I like you, you. It's like a different audio quality as well on the GameCube and uh, on the Wii U that like Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time haven't really gotten yet, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, also, too, uh, when when they do all the Zelda symphonies and whenever they go back to like do remixes from the wind waker it's always fantastic they use uh, actual instruments as opposed yeah. to MIDI, and it sounds like so well not midi it wouldn't be midi well the the songs from the original game i'm pretty sure that's midi not in uh the, the correct remake. term is sequenced there sequenced. we go oh oh yeah let's talk about the story I like that orange, orange the transition was very abrupt. And there was a twink, and he liked to play the Wind Waker, but his father was a gamer. So when he got to the Triforce charts for the first time, he didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> Long ago, there was a man <laughs> with a cat. His name 
was Michael Zander. A lot of people didn't know about Michael Zander IRL, but they did know him by his internet alias, Exo Paradigm Gamer. Before the dark times, Exo Paradigm Gamer was a respected internet critic ban. But then, everything changed when Hadox attacked. Only King K. I don't know where this is going. Only King K. Only master King of K all can free Koradai. <laughs> Mention King K. What would happen if somebody came up to you and said you were the Avatar? Just you. Okay, you can bend I'm gonna all go drink elements. this rum chata. <laughs> what? Well, it's got a little gummy <laughs> shark on it. <laughs> that wasn't even rum chata. <laughs> what are you talking about? Kinky drank rum chata once, and Michael is like, "You drink rum chata all the time." <laughs> no, that is the drunkest I've ever seen anybody. What? The time that King K drank like twenty shots of rum chata, and it was like <laughs> drunk tweeting or drunk texting in our server. It's just like, guys, I'm really sorry I missed her. On New thing. Year's. I'm- oh. I love you guys. It was a solid- <laughs> Oh yeah, I was I don't even remember- okay, so I was so fucked, I don't even really remember that night. <laughs> I remember that so clearly. I was wearing my red underwear. <laughs> oh yeah, you were- you would be wearing your red underwear, huh? Yeah. Aww. Still hasn't worked yet. And speaking of red underwear, if you go to MeUndies.com slash UnversedCast, you can get 20% off you- That's not real. We're not sponsored. <laughs> it's like yes. you can censor your crotch with a picture of Hadox's face. <laughs> it's like right over that. the- It's right over like the- That weird little part of the underpants where like you can kind of stick your dick through it if you want. But it's like if you I want. call that little area my hay cox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody's gotta isolate that bit. <laughs> oh, Ryan. <laughs> King K, please tell us about the story for the love of all that is holy. So, this is one of my favorite Zelda stories. Um, Ocarina of Time gets a lot of credit for its story, and I also like that one, but I feel like Wind Waker was always the one I preferred overall, for the kind of messages that it told. And even just the layout of the narrative in general, it was, um, it's, it really effectively details, like, how dangerous cycles are. And like the willing, like, and how the world needs to be Sorry able to change. Sorry about the noise. I'm taking off my pants. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even gonna continue after that. No, what, please how do. can I'm I follow sorry. that up? How can I continue? How can I possibly continue? Okay, it's just I'm just exposed now. There's nothing to fear. Have you taken off your pants fully, Hadox? Uh, my cock is not out. No. May I continue? Yes. Okay. So, I like how the Wind Waker's story portrays that the danger of cycles and how the old guard are often unwilling 
to let change occur even when it desperately needs to. Hmm. And I like that it's felt even... This is why the King of Red Lions is really interesting to me. <laughs> because they almost... They don't paint him, like, as a bad person. They mostly paint his willingness... Okay, so here's something, right? Tetra being turned into Zelda is something that a lot of people don't like, including me. Because after that, it feels like she like becomes a different person and is stripped of all her personality. But the more that I've thought about it, the more that I'm like, maybe the game's saying something about that because she turns back to Tetra at the end anyway. So I feel like the game was already trying to say that the King of Red Lions being like, okay, you're Zelda, you're the hero of prophecy, this has to happen like it always does. And then him at the end being like, we need to end this because he realizes through Link that there is no point in continuing these cycles. Like the new generation just needs to take hold. And if it doesn't take hold, then th bad things like this will keep happening. Because people like Ganondorf in this game, one of my favorite incarnations of Ganondorf, may I add, he is unwilling to let go the most. He's unwilling to let go of that cycle because he is a part of the Triforce and he'll always have that. Like, he'll always have that in reincarnations and he doesn't want to let go of that. And I just find it a really fascinating kind of thematic setup and I think pretty much all of the game's story follows up on that setup. And it's just a really tightly executed narrative in that regard and it has a really good message and it's always stuck with me. I it's love. Pro it's probably one of the most powerful Zelda narratives in that I've seen, honestly. Your your description of that is like on point with exactly how I feel. I'm, if I can expound on one thing, I love um, I love all Ganondorf's dialogue and like his laughter. Also, that that is my favorite. The most memorable part of the Wind Waker is um, at the end where he does that maniacal laugh. It's so good. And I also love um, his design and how you fight him with, like, the, the two swords. It, it kind of harkens back to Orca, in a way, um, with, like, sword fighting and everything. And I really, really love it. I, I love yeah, the final I mean, confrontation. It's so good. Like, everything's collapsing around you, and I don't know. I really like this version of Ganondorf, because it makes him feel, uh, like, just a tad unhinged. Mm -hmm. Like he's not like outright crazy, like something like something like Zant maybe, but like he's he's a little bit off in a kind in a very evil way that I've always liked about it. Like, and it, evil, it links into time, how he's like unwilling to let go because that is like a very scary proposition. Someone with that much power trying to like keep something going that should not keep going. I mean, I mean, dare I say? It reflects into the real world even nowadays, but uh, I don't know. Dare I go that far with the Wind Waker's narrative? I would, actually. Yeah. I would, actually. <sighs> well, is that it? Have we... Should we break the cycle right now and Michael can stab me through my head with the Master Sword and seal me away until next time? I have nothing else to say. I did want to end on... I have an ending point. 
Make it, my I friend. I played the Wind Waker randomizer. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, I need yeah. to bring this up. I love that. Because I had an epiphany about it. The Wind Waker randomizer... Like... There are problems with it. Because mm. you have to be familiar with the game to get the most out of it. Which is not really, like fixing the core issue of it, but I mean, like, okay, you boot up a Wind Waker randomizer, it fixes literally every issue I ever could have had with it. It makes the Great Sea have a point, because literally anywhere you go could have a main progression item. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, that's- Because the, the hack itself for the randomizer tunes the logic and simply allows you to go to any dungeon you want provided you have the item to clear it. And it's, it's a really fascinating thing to play because not only is it fun to play Wind Waker as a randomizer, it's also fun to imagine what Wind Waker would have been if they were willing to unshackle like the limitations they put on you in the Great Sea. Because I feel like something as simple as that could have fixed so many issues for me. I I love that point. I we should do a race, like a randomizer race. That would be fun. That sounds like hell. <laughs> it's I I love that point. We That's, each have like a different seed. Yeah, that would be actually kind of fun. I, I, that's such I mean, a good I'm about point. to play the Wind Waker randomizer whenever because I just do it on my own time sometimes because it's so, like, randomizers are just really, I feel like they're the best way to get the most out of the Zelda games I've played over and over, especially 100%. ones like Wind Waker, especially the ones like Wind Waker, which I have replayed the least because it's just so hard to go back because of all the problems that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's probably the most intelligent ending point anyone on this podcast has ever made. I'm going to say that's up there. <laughs> it might be hyperbole, but... Too long, didn't listen? This game sucks. Alright, end of podcast. But <laughs> I like it. You're wrong. Please check out our YouTube channel for video versions of all our podcasts. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Apro Hour, Ashton Manor, Awesome Call, Beachfront Celebration, Bittersweet, Bosa Antigua, Chucky the Construction Worker, Continue Life, Crinoline Dreams, Dispersion Relation, Disquiet, Eternity, Fireflies and Stardust, Funnin and Sunnin, Funky Chunk, Hard Boiled, Hepcats, In Your Arms, Attractable, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print Elevator, Lobby Time, Local Forecasts, Slower, No Good Layabout, Porch Blues, Porch Swing Days Slower, Samba Isabel, Shades of Spring, Shaving Mirror, Spyglass, Water Droplets on the River, White, and Winter Chimes. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You can find this license at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash five forward slash 4.0 forward slash. This episode was edited by yours truly. Exo Paradigm Gamer. You can find me at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Exo Paradigm Gamer. Thank you all very much for watching our podcast, and we'll see you all next time.